This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, we got a new couch. Uh, I'll try not to make this a long, boring story, but <laughs> we got a new couch. Uh, the couch that we had was an old one. It had been reupholstered a couple of times before we got it. It was in Amy's family for quite a long time. Her grandparents had it and then gave... I'm not sure what set of grandparents, but one of them. They had the couch. They gave it to her parents. And they, in turn... Uh, well, we ended up with it when her mother died and her father couldn't live in that house anymore, so we had to move him out and get him into assisted living. And Well, we ended up with the couch. And... It, it had seen better days. As I said, it was reupholstered a couple of times, but it had been a while. And it was just, well, you know, it worked. Uh, it was free, and it, it was okay. But it was beginning to get a little uncomfortable. And it was getting difficult to get out of. And that might be a sign of my, you know, in, in my rapidly encroaching old age, or it just might be because the couch was either needing to be reupholstered yet again or replaced. It was a Monday night a uh, couple few weeks ago. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, it was a Monday night. I was at home. I'm sitting on the couch with my wife. Uh, I must. I was doing some. I don't know. Entering some comic books uh, into the uh, Nostalgia Zone website. That's the comic book store I work for. I was doing something like that, and I was trying to get I don't know comfortable or arranged on the couch, and it just, uh, it just wasn't working. And I turned her to Amy and I said, "We need a new couch." And she said, "Okay." So she found one. She went online. She found a, 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 a local, I don't know if it's national or not, but it's a, a chain of, hard, of uh, hardware, of uh, furniture stores that has a, you know, its, its name is misspelled. It's called Home Furniture, but Home is spelled H-O-M. So it's Hom Furniture, but it's pronounced Home because marketing. Anyway, she found a couch there, reasonably priced. She's spotted a couple other ones on there, but uh, we like that first one that was reasonably priced. And timing in this getting the couch worked out pretty well because the next morning, Tuesday morning, Amy had an appointment that I had to take her to because we only have the one car. So took her to her appointment, which happened to be very near 
one of these home furnitures. And so as soon as we were done with her appointment, on over to the furniture store we went. Nice young man, uh, salesperson, said, can I help you? We said, yes, we're looking for this. We showed him, he says, ah, the, I mean, whatever the name of it was, follow me. And there it was. We sat in it, felt pretty good. We said, okay, let's get it. So we, we purchased it, and, and he said we were in luck because we would be able to get it delivered the next day. That doesn't usually happen. Usually there's a couple few days, but they had a slot for delivering it the very next day, Wednesday. So awesome, great. That's, again, timing. So it being Tuesday, I had to work at the office. So I get Amy home, I go to the office, and what I do, and this is another case of good timing, because Wednesday is also our garbage pickup day. So I get to the office, and then I got on the phone, and I call our uh, waste disposal company, uh, because here in St. Paul, uh, we get two bulk item pickups a year at no charge. It's the, the city has come with some deal with a bunch of waste management companies, um, del or, you know, waste disposal companies, and divvied up sections of the Twin Cities to them. And then part of the deal was you have to give St. Paul residents two free bulk item pickups a year. Well, we hadn't used one yet. It's very early in the year. So I called them. I scheduled them to take the old couch away. Great. Have it out on the curb next to where you put your trash. By 6 a.m. tomorrow, we'll pick it up and take it away for you. Excellent. Awesome. No charge. Great. So I got home from work. I, uh, you know, Amy and our son Hayden and I, we muscled the old couch out of the house, get it next to the garbage, and we're, we're good to go. Next day, Wednesday, the old couch will be taken away. New couch will be dropped off. The new couch is going to be dropped off in the garage. Uh, it was lesser cost for the delivery charge than to have it bring, them into, bring it into the house. So we figured we'll save a little money where we can. And so uh, Tuesday night, with the couch comfortably set out on the curb, well, kind of half on the snowbank, half on the street, you know, part, part on the street. It's, it's, you know, it wasn't blocking traffic or anything, but... We got snow here, so uh, it's get, it's it was getting about oh, I don't know eleven o'clock or a little after eleven o'clock at night, and I heard what can only be called or best be called a commotion outside, a ruckus maybe. What is that noise? It was banging around, thumping stuff going on just outside, and I go and I look out the window and I say, "Hello, what is this?" And what I saw was a pickup truck, I think with a flatbed in the back and on top of that was our couch and whoever had taken it was just you know just had just hopped into the cab of their truck and they were driving away as I watched it go away so that meant I had to call the waste disposal company the next day and say uh, by the way uh, did you guys happen to come by at about 11 o'clock at night last night to get the couch and they said no it wasn't us we still have you scheduled and I said well somebody took it and they said okay so they canceled it so I still have the two bulk item pickups yet for the year and they got rid of this old couch awesome it's great so uh, later in the afternoon on Wednesday I get a text from Amy that the couch is here in the garage 
So I get home, and and I, I get I muster the troops, and so but first Amy and I go out into the into the garage, and I grab out one of our we have a a, a, a handcart, a little two wheeler, a dolly. We have one of those. Bring that out. We put the couch on end on the dolly, and then I wheel it around to the front of the house while Amy guides me there because I really can't see where I'm going. So she guides me around to the front steps. We have a, a, a set of steps that goes up to the top of the hill and then another set of steps a set of steps that goes up to our porch, to the front door. So we, we get it around, we get Hayden down to help us, and the three of us muscle the couch into the house. Uh, we tear the shrink wrap off of it and the, and the little cor cardboard base they put across the bottom of it. We get that off. We put the legs on the bottom of it. We get it in place, and I'm about to put my butt cheek on it when I remembered, damn it, I got to work tonight. There was a building that I cleaned the first month, uh, first Wednesday every month, so that's that was the Wednesday night that I had to do it. I said, great. Now, that's not the best timing. But, okay, so I, at least I remembered. And so I said, well, I got to go. So I took off. I took care of that building. I got back home by 10 o'clock, and that's when I was finally able to rest my bottom on the new couch. Uh, it's it sets up higher, so it's easier to get in and out of. It's it's soft but firm. It has that kind of feel, and it's it's nice. It's really nice, and it just it was just and everything timed out really well because if it had been one day later to deliver the couch we would have had fresh snow on the ground. So Wednesday night into Thursday morning, it was going to snow. Not a lot, maybe an inch, inch and a half of snow, but it would have been a pain in the ass to have to deal with the snow and then deal with the couch or both at the same time. You know, it, just, it would have been a pain in the ass. So, so our timing was good all around. It was great. Uh, Thursday morning, I wake up to, for work and I... I do, I do what I normally do on a night after a snowfall, uh, or the morning after a snowfall, I should say. Uh, first thing I do is I look out the window, because our bedroom's at the front of the house. I look out the window and to see where the, what snow is out there. And there on the sidewalk, at the bottom of the steps, from, our, from the top of our hill down to the sidewalk, is the dolly that I used to roll the couch around. It's just sitting there. It sat there from, I don't know, six o'clock in the evening till I think this was about eight o'clock in the morning. It just sat there. Nobody took it and, and there were no, no footprints in the snow around it. So nobody had walked by it. I just looked at it and went, oh, for Pete's sake, <laughs> what am I doing here? Hey. So of course I get out there right away and I put it back in the garage and, and you know, back where it belonged. And then it occurred to me, what if somebody had taken it? I had completely forgotten I'd left it out on the sidewalk. You know, with the with the effort of getting the couch into the house and getting it all set up and then realizing I have work to do and leaving to go to work and I don't drive by the front of the house when I, I drive the other opposite direction. So I didn't even see the dolly when I left. I didn't see it when I got home. I didn't even think about it, so I didn't realize it was out there till the next morning. Obviously, if I realized it was out there before then, I would have gotten it and brought it into the garage, but there it was. And if someone had taken it, we don't use that dolly very often. It just sits in the garage. 
So we could have gone months, a year, maybe more than a year. We could have gone a long time before we would need to use the dolly again. And I was just thinking, it, if we got to that time where we needed to use it, if I hadn't noticed that it wasn't in the spot that it normally is before then, I would have gone to, oh, we need to use the dolly. Uh, where, uh, where is it? Where is the, where is it? Hello, Dolly. Where are you? And I'd be, you know, I would, I don't think I would have remembered, I would, I, I probably would have done this. I probably thought, okay, what was the last, when was the last time I used it? We used it to, to get the couch in the house. Did I, I put it away, didn't I? I, I don't think I would have remembered not putting it away. Because obviously, it hadn't, it had, at the time, it hadn't occurred to me that I hadn't put it away. It just, it just wasn't in my mind. Didn't even think about it until I saw it sitting outside. So it, it, if, if somebody had taken it, by the next time I would have needed the thing, I doubt I would have remembered that I forgot it sitting outside and somebody came by and took it. I doubt I would have remembered that. I would have gone, it would have been a mystery. I was telling Amy about this and she said, yeah, you probably would have called your younger brother Steve to see if maybe he used it. You know, if maybe, you know, when I was helping him move stuff, did we use the dolly for that? I don't remember doing it, but did we use it? I, I don't know. Uh, and then I'd probably go over to my parents' house and look in their garage. Is it in here? And it would just, it would have been a mystery that might never be solved because, you know, if somebody had grabbed it before it had snowed, there was no trace of it in the snow, There was the, if that would have been the case, I would, it would have been, I, I don't know where that went. You know, I'm 56. I, I I shouldn't be having senior moments yet, should I? Ah, excuse me, I had to take a sip. Uh, here's a cool thing. Let's just start it. We'll just get it off the top of the show instead of waiting for later. It's a cool thing. It's a very cool thing. It's a science thing, and I think you know what I'm going to mention because you know what the big science news this past week was. Uh, NASA had landed another, successfully landed another robot, rover, explorer, machine thing on Mars. Uh, the Perseverance, or Percy as they like to call it, landed it on Mars. It was successful. Uh, there's, I guess there's a real tense amount of time uh, just as it's going to land. It took something like seven and a half months to get there. I think this this particular mission started to be planned about nine years ago to be worked on to build this this rover to get it ready. You know, nine years ago. In fact, some asswipe on Facebook was complaining that you know with this pandemic going on and they're landing this thing on Mars. I mean, we we got to solve this. You know, and I understand their concern and I share their concern with the fact that in America there's been I don't know what the numbers are at now. They're slowing down, thankfully, but they could start rocketing up again once these new strains get around. If we don't get people vaccinated. <sighs> But I understand the concern, but, you know, come on. Uh, it was pointed out to them that this, this mission started nine years ago. I think that's correct. I mean, it takes time to get this together. They didn't just whip it together while the pandemic was going. And, hey, why don't we do both? Deal with the pandemic and this. And lest you forget, maybe you didn't know this, the vaccine, I, I, was it Moderna? Moderna might have been the one. Uh, with within it, you know the uh, they isolated the virus 
that causes the vaccine. That that was isolated. The 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 the, the science uh, they mapped out the genome of the virus. All right, and they gave that information to the pharmaceutical companies or the pharmaceutical companies that that that, that found that that did the genome. I'm not exactly certain how it how it was mapped out, but once that information was available, and I think it was Moderna. Don't quote me on it. Once it was available to them, they had a vaccine ready in two days. Two days. It's just that with the process of getting a vaccine from developed and on, you know, and into people's arms, there's a process of making sure it's safe, making sure it's effective, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a process that takes place that takes place, and they did it, and they did it quick. You know, fearless loser didn't do a very good job of helping with the rollout because he didn't give a shit at some point. He just didn't care. You know, oh, yeah, I won the election in the last night. I won the election. I won the election. I don't care. I'm going to go golfing. I'm going to Instead of giving a fuck about the vaccine, you know, about the pandemic, he didn't care. Anyway, sorry. Um, I'm checking my time. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, anyway. We've got this new another rover. Another robot is has, has joined the population of robots on Mars. It's been said by somebody else that Mars is the only planet that we know of that is completely inhabited by robots. Uh, and it sent us back a picture, a nice little, a little low, fairly low res black and white picture of the surface of, the, uh, of what it could see outside. But and then it's been sending better pictures. Then since then, it's going to send us even more, and it's going to be digging around up there to see if it can find signs of ancient life that may have been on Mars. And if it does find that, if it does find proof positive that Mars had life at some point, that would be so astounding. And it's not, and even if it doesn't, it's still so astounding that we human beings, who, you know, a hundred thousand years ago were living in caves, are able to create machines that we can send to another world, take a picture of it from the surface, and send it back to us so we can look at it, and then send us information about that plant, about that world, about that planet. That is awesome. That's one of the coolest things that there is. And we know who to thank. Xenu, uh, that's right. No, uh, science. We, we thank science because, it, because people figured out, because we're smart, and we've been smart for centuries, for millennia. We've been smart, we've been intelligent animals, but we found this method of, of science, and that helped us to figure things out and be able to do that and that my friends is a very 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 cool thing all right you're listening to dimland radio on the ztalk radio network at ztalkradio.com i'm your host jim dr dim fitzsimmons i'll be back after this break Those other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Happy Jack wasn't old, but he was a man. 
Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The Aerospace Team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Station identification. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. Um, here's an example of not great timing. We've had a cold snap here in the upper Midwest of the United States. Uh, it got pretty darn cold. And not just up here, but I'll talk about the other places in a little bit. Uh, but it got really cold. Last th- Thursday of last week, whatever that date would be, that Thursday, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, approximately, in the Twin Cities, uh, the temperature went below zero at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon that Thursday. It did not rise above zero. It might have touched zero, but it did not rise into positive uh, temp- you know, numbers, categories of temperature, until about midday the next Tuesday, which would be last Tuesday from when I'm recording this show. It stayed below zero. And it got, now, it wasn't polar vortex cold that we had a couple few years ago, where the high temperature one day, I think, was about minus 20 degrees or minus 22 degrees or something like that. That was the high temperature of the day. I think we had low temperatures in the Twin Cities of minus 24 or something like that. That was a low temperature. So that's damn cold. And that was, uh, you know, like Sunday night into Monday morning. It got down to, to that kind of temperature. And I got up to go to work. Well, actually, uh, that was the day I actually I took that Monday off of work because I was bringing our car, our Kia Soul, our 2014 Kia Soul, where I was bringing it to a Kia dealership so that they could test it for a safety recall thing, which we might end up with a repaired or replaced engine on the car. It's, there's things that are happening. And I was going to tell you about that, the results of that, but for the cold snap, because I hopped in the car and I said, okay, you're going to start, right? You're going to start. And I turned the key and it kind of went, root, root, click, 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 click. <sighs> Great. It won't start. And you know, the thing is, it's a brand new battery in that car. Got it in December. December 21st. That's what the receipt says on my that I kept about for it. Don't worry. I am going to go to the place that I got it and have them test it to make sure that there isn't a dead cell in the battery or something like that. It's like a damaged battery or something. But uh, but anyway, I couldn't get it started. Now, the, the, the plan was to uh, drive over to my dad's place 
and he would follow me out to the dealership because I would have to. I was just going to drop the car there. It's going to, the test takes two hours to run, so I was just going to drop the car there and then have him bring me home. And then when they called me about stuff, then arrange having him bring me out there and see what we had to do, which would hopefully mean I'd be getting a loaner car because they're replacing the engine. There's some weird things going on with that car. I'll tell you more in a future time, but there's some weird things going on with that car. Well, I can't start the damn thing. So I, 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 I first I, I call my dad, and his line's busy. What the hell's his line busy? What? Anyway, he's got a landline, so it's busy. And so then, next thing I do is I call uh, my, uh, I call the dealership, and I said, tell them, I can't start the car. <laughs> And they said, you and about 2,000 other people. <laughs> and I said, I know. Uh, so I, I guess I'm going to have to reschedule because there's, I, I, I have to, I, I'm going to call my insurance company. Uh, we have roadside assistance on, from our insurance company for our car. So I got a hold of them. They arranged having somebody come over to, to jump the car, get it, see if they can get it started. And they said they'd be here in a half hour, which I thought, oh, come on. They're not going to be here in a half hour. <laughs> they got to have other people they're dealing with. Well, finally my dad calls me, and I tell him, Dad, I can't get the car started. And he says, well, I got that battery charger. I can bring that on over. I said, assuming you can start your car. He says, well, I should start it. It's in the garage. I said, so is mine. <laughs> well, his car started. He brought over the battery charger. Now, the charger wasn't working. It was smoking, actually, when we hooked it up to the to the car. I said, ooh, okay, let's just not, let's not worry about this. So we set the charger aside. And, and I said, besides, I've got a service that's coming. Dad says, okay, well, hang on to the charger. Uh, I'm going to go home. Call me when you know what's going on. And so he headed home, and I was waiting for the service to show up. And at some point while we were trying to get the ch battery charged up, my dad said to me, you sure you got it on the right posts, the clamps on the right posts? And I said, yeah. Yeah, that's because they got the color code they put on there to, you know, say, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But I was thinking about that. Am I sure that I got it on the right posts? I went online. I looked up the battery. I thought, hmm, I better check. So I go and I look, and I look closer at the battery, and I see that, in fact, I didn't. That's why the charger was smoking. So I hooked the charger up again, this time to the right posts, got it plugged in. I tried right away. It wouldn't start, but I could tell some juice was going into the battery. I could just tell. Tried it again in about 30 seconds. It still wouldn't start, but again, I could tell some juice is going into the battery. So then I decided I better wait a little bit longer. And while I was waiting a little bit longer, I got a phone call from the roadside service asking if I still needed service. And I said, well, uh, I, my, my dad came over with the battery charger. I've got it on there right now. While I have you on the phone, let me try to start it and see what happens. So car started right up. Great. So the, the, the guy gave me some advice. He said, run it for 30 or 40 minutes. Um, he, he, you know, he said, now, if it's an old battery, if it's, if it's four years or older, uh, you should get a new battery. I said, that's the thing. It's a new battery. He says, oh, when's the last time you drove it? And it was Saturday afternoon. About 3 o'clock was the last time I drove it. And it sat for the rest of the day Saturday, all day Sunday, and into the morning on, on Monday with those super cold temperatures. And these cars... I mean, this one has you know, like an alarm system on it, and it's, I see this blue light by the the a blue flashing light by the the, the, the rearview mirror. It just it's always gone. So maybe there's just enough of a little bit of a draw, and with that temperature being as cold as it was, just drew the battery down just enough. Maybe. But the next morning, Tuesday morning, 
I had to do the same thing again. <laughs> it wouldn't start, and I had to put it on the charger, wait a couple few minutes, and I was able to start it. And it's been starting since. Uh, I will get over to the place, have them test the battery, make sure it's going, but my goodness. <laughs> so I can't get it in to have it checked uh, until next Wednesday. So that's a, that's a bit of timing where the weather messed with uh, uh, our being able to get our car figured out. Now, I was going to say that there's other parts of the country that are pretty cold, and I'm sure you know about this, especially Texas. Texas has been having a rough go. Other places have been having a rough go as well. You know, up here in the upper Midwest of Minnesota, and I'm sure in much of Canada, whenever our friends to the south of us talk about how cold it is, we say, oh, what is it, 30 degrees? <laughs> yeah, it was 30 degrees this morning. Oh, that's so terrible. Well, not this time. Not this winter. This winter, we're, we're saying, yep, you guys are getting hit. You are, you are, you're getting it, you know. And, and, and we feel sorry for them because Texas, like I said, especially Texas seems to be really hurting because, well, they've got so many people without power. Temperatures have gotten really cold. they got frozen up, Stuff is frozen up. They, it's, just, it's a mess down there. And you, you want to ask the people of Texas, how do you like that deregulated uh, uh, power now? How do you like that? Because Texas is the only state that has sort of pulled itself away from the federal regulations of, of power, and they, they do it within their own state. Somehow, I'm not exactly certain how they got it all set up, but they do. And, you know, gee whiz, you think a little federal oversight there might help, but you can't blame them too much because it doesn't have winters like this. So, you know, to save some costs, I mean, why winterize the stuff to such an extent like we would winterize stuff up here in Minnesota or up in Canada or in Wisconsin or in Michigan and the Dakotas where, where we have winters. Our stuff, we're prepared for it. We, this is, we know what it is, you know, put on another jacket. <laughs> you know, we know how to deal with this because that's what we do every year. Not in Texas. Um, I will link on the on the show notes page. Uh, go to dimland.com, click on the show notes, uh, click on that, and you'll get to the show notes for this show. And I'll have a link in there to a bunch of uh, uh, organizations that you could, uh, if, if you're able, to donate some money if you want to help out some people in Texas uh, to deal with what's going on down there because it's pretty rough. And they've got a shithead for a senator, one of them, who decided to go to Cancun or... Mexico, I said, was it Cancun? Anyway, he decided to go to Mexico with his family. Well, it's cold here. Let's get out of Dodge. And then uh, has to be shamed into coming back. And he says, oh, oh, well, I was just taking my, my daughters wanted to go. So my wife and I were taking the daughters. I was just seeing them off. Oh, sure, you pack for a vacation. <laughs> you pack a, a, a suitcase full of stuff uh, just to see someone off. You fly down to see them off. And then you book your return flight. Uh, <clears throat> the day after you got there. Sorry, I had to take another sip. <clears throat> yeah, it's a... Uh, <clears throat> you know, they have a shithead for a, sen for a senator who um, thinks that, um, well, thinks that a certain loser is innocent. <clears throat> or at least not guilty of an insurrection. Let me get to that one now. Do I have time to get to it now? I think I have time to get to it now. Uh, I wrote something out. Uh, because I wanted to get these words 
I wanted to get it right. <clears throat> so I wrote this out, and I'm going to read this to you now. The actions of those Americans who attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6, including beating police officers, killing one, and threatening to murder Speaker Pelosi and Vice President Pence, were done because they were fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth because he was angry he'd lost an election. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot were a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. There is no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for the provoking the events of the day. No question about it. The people who stormed the Capitol believed they were acting on the wishes and instructions of their president, and having that belief was a foreseeable consequence, consequence of the growing crescendo of false statements, conspiracy theories, and reckless hyperbole which defeated uh, which, which the defeated president kept shouting into the largest megaphone on planet Earth. The issue is not only that the president's intemperate language on January 6, it was also the manufactured atmosphere of looming catastrophe. The increasingly wild myths about a reverse landslide election that was somehow being stolen, some secret coup by our now president. The legal system spoke, the electoral college spoke, the election was settled, it was over. But that just really opened a new chapter of even wilder and more unfounded claims. The leader of the free world cannot spend weeks thundering that shadowy forces are stealing our country and then feign surprise when people believe him and do reckless things. This is an intensified crescendo of conspiracy theories orchestrated by an outgoing president who seemed determined to either overturn the voters' decision or else torch our institutions on the way out. Did that sound familiar to you? Well, there's a reason why it should sound familiar to you, because most of it was what Senator Mitch McConnell said after he voted to acquit. Fearless loser. He touches on the things about, it wasn't just what was said on January 6th, it was, it was weeks, months of trying to convince his followers that the election was stolen. Mitch McConnell laid out the case in his speech after he acquitted the president, as well as the House managers uh, uh, delivered their case. And I'm telling you, the defense for the president uh, could have just gotten up when they when it was time for their case. They had 16 hours with which to present their case. They could have gotten. They they did it in less than three. They could have gotten up and just looked at the guys and say, "Okay, come on. We all know that not enough of you Republicans are going to vote guilty. So the defense rests and just sit down." And why did Mitch McConnell? Vote not guilty? Well, it's because uh, he's not president anymore. He's a private citizen. Oh, gee whiz. Why is that? Why did, you know, he was impeached while he was president. 
and you could have arranged it where the trial could have started and been completed before the inauguration. You could have. Well, don't want to call back to senators. We're on recess. And we want to do this right. Uh-huh. And I want to have uh, an excuse for acquitting him. Yeah, see, that's the reason. It's, I think, I think it can be called jury nullification. That the jury, in this case the uh, 43 Senate Republicans, didn't like the law. And were really, they were just, you know, most of them were scared shitless of the, uh, the base that Trump has. Scared of them. So they said, well, you know, they were going to kill us. <laughs> they, they were, well, maybe not me, but they were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill Nancy Pelosi. I mean, what if they had gotten their hands on either of them? What if that had happened? What would they do then? So what, you know, Mitch McConnell, now I liked a lot of what Mitch McConnell said until he got to the point where he excused it all by saying, it's a narrow, it's a narrow bar. It was set up, uh, you know, it's, it's very narrow. And he's a private citizen. That doesn't mean that something can't happen. I just don't want to be responsible for it happening. I want someone else to do it. Somebody really ought to do this guy. He should look what he did. Somebody ought to make him pay. Not going to be me. Just, ugh. And then that's leading to some internal struggles within the Republican Party. Is it the party of Trump or is it the party of Lincoln and Reagan? You know, I know there are plenty of liberals that will say, well, party of Reagan, how much different is that than the party of Trump? But still, you know, in that ridiculous the defense tried to, well, look at all the times that the Democrats are saying fight. Yeah, and look at all the times their followers stormed the Capitol after saying fight. You know, the Bernie bros just, you know, they got on the, they got out there and got to the Capitol as soon as they could, you know, to set it on fire. Yeah, remember that? Remember the time that Elizabeth Warren's followers did the same thing? Remember? Anything they could hang their hat on, anything, any straw they could clutch so they could say, oh yeah. And then I have some, one in particular friend who said, you know, who was thrilled that the Republicans upheld the Constitution. Now, I know this with an almost 100% certainty that, it had, that everything had been the same. Everything, every detail of what had happened had been the same, except the parties were reversed. It was a Democratic president. It was the Democrat in the, in the senators. It was the it was you know it was the Republicans in the House that did the impeaching. It was the Democrats in the Senate that did the not, not guiltying. And it was a Democrat president that did all the bad deal deals. I don't think he'd be as thrilled that the Constitution was being upheld. Am I not giving him enough credit? Maybe not, but I think that's what tribalism does. Maybe he would. I, I really doubt it. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what kind of trouble he gets in. Uh, we'll see. Um, I know George is looking into criminal charges from his uh, phone call 
to the Secretary of, of State, uh, uh, Raffensperger, I think I've got his name right, trying to get him to find 11,780 votes. Just one more vote than what the than what Joe Biden won the state by. He bought, he won it by 11,799, uh, no, 11,779 votes. And he just needed 11,780 votes. Just find him. Just say you're recalibrated. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. Mr. Loser. I'm sorry, fearless loser. <sighs> so so awful. Well, I think I've reached my next break. Oh, oh, I did want to say this. It was the most bipartisan um, decision, you know, impeachment. But from the the actual impeachment in the House, ten Republicans came across and joined the Democrats. Of course, they're getting all kinds of shit from the their party. Well, do you do that? Well, do you do you remember what happened? Yeah, it was his fault. Uh huh. And you know, censuring a bunch of them, and the senators too. They, you know, and seven senators crossed over and said, and, and sided with them. A couple of them are retiring, but still, uh, at least they came over. So it was very bipartisan. It's the most bipartisan of any of the impeachment and and then trial of any of the impeachments that have taken place. The only time, and I'm not an expert on this, but I would think I think the only time that it might have been more bipartisan had it happened, would have been with Richard Nixon. Nixon was going to be impeached for the Watergate scandal and the cover-up and all that stuff. He was going to be impeached. Uh, High-ranking Republican uh, senators and congressmen, you know, they, they went to him and said, you have to resign because the House is going to impeach you and the Senate is going to convict you. And they probably worked a little deal. You resign. Gerald Ford will become president. He'll pardon you. Okay? And I think that's what, you know, I'm not an expert on history, but I believe that that's how it shook out. And and Nixon left. Now, if Nixon had said, no, I'm going to, I'm not leaving. I got it. That's how, what do you think of my Nixon impression? If that had happened, I have a feeling that the House, you know, there would be Republicans in the House that would say, yep, you know, we we have to impeach him, and they would vote for it. And then when it got over to the Senate, there would be Republicans in the Senate that would say, yes, he's guilty. And there would be enough for a supermajority in, in the Senate, and he would have been ousted. That probably would have been more bipartisan. But Nixon saved us the trouble. All right, speaking of trouble... I'm up. I don't know if this is trouble, but I'm up for my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons. I'll run. I'll, I'll come back uh, after this break. I'm not going to run back. I'll just sit here, but I'll be back. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked. 
to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune into Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I might spoil this for you. I might not. If you are if you don't want this spoiled, maybe just skip this last segment of the show and watch the thing and then come back and listen to the last segment later. Um, but, uh, well, actually, before I get to that, I wanted to follow up on something. Some weeks ago, I talked about the Bean Dad controversy. It was a musician and podcaster, John Roderick, took to Twitter to talk about teaching his nine-year-old daughter how to open a can of beans with a can opener, and the way he described it seemed fairly uh, somewhat abusive, at least not you know like, like emotionally abusive, and Twitter didn't like that, and they, they got mad at him. And he tried to defend himself and, you know, say that, well, you know, I was really just joking with her. And, and, you know, we weren't really, it wasn't really the way I was depicting it when I was writing it. And then they dug into his uh, uh, his past Twitters and they found some, uh, uh, some uh, racial and homophobic and anti-Semitic slurs used. And they brought that up and said, what about these? Which is surprising he got away with it at the time. But he said, well, you know, those were being used ironically and sarcastically. I was making fun of the people who believe that sort of thing. I don't believe that sort of thing. I, I you know, it was, yeah. So really started snowballing with him. Well, he's part of a podcast that I like to listen to, and that's called Friendly Fire. And you might remember me talking about this. Friendly Fire has uh, two other hosts along with John, uh, ben, uh, Benjamin Harrison and Adam Pranica. And I think Adam and John were friends first, and then Ben met John through Adam, and the three of them decided to do this podcast where they would watch war movies, and then they'd humorously review those movies. And on January 1st, they dropped their podcast of uh, reviewing the movie Duck Soup, Marx Brothers film, which can be thought of as a war movie, uh, certainly a war parody movie. And... Um, 
And that was the last one that they did. And it goes a couple of weeks, I don't see a new episode, and it's weird. And then finally, something drops into their feed. Just a quick, it was a three-minute deal, where the, it was the producer of the show saying, show's over. We had fun, glad you guys listened, show's over. And then they played out by their, the, the, the rest of the time, it's like three minutes, with their theme song, the song War by Edwin Starr. You know, war! <laughs> what is it good for? Absolutely nothing! Say it again! Well, it's good for making war movies and a podcast about war movies, but that's just me nitpicking. Um, so they, that was it. It was done. So I looked into why, and then I found out the Bean Dad thing. And so when I talked about this before, in more detail, I was concerned about the relationship of the two other hosts and this John Roderick fellow. Did that get soured? Did that get severed? Is it over? Is it done? It seems kind of sad because they did seem to have a good friendship. But boy, you know, the stuff John was doing, I mean, he apologizes and it seemed fairly sincere, but hey, you know, I don't know. So Ben and Adam, they also have another podcast called The Greatest Generation, which is a podcast in which they review uh, the television series's of Star Trek. They start with Next Generation, they finished that series, they went on to Deep Space Nine, they just finished that series, and they just started Star Trek Voyager. And in the first episode that they review, they have a little, they, they talk about something that had happened in that episode. Uh, there's a character in there named Chakotay. Now, Chakotay is supposed to be a, a Native American, except the actor is actually Mexican American. <laughs> but, you know, and, and at the time, in 1995, when the show started, I, I thought it was, you know, they did it fairly well as far as, you know, his treatment of, you know, they tried to have a diverse cast, you know, an Asian fellow, you know, a, a, a black fellow, a woman as a captain, and, you know, a very diverse cast. And I thought that was, that was good. And it was because of Star Trek trying to do more of that. You know, not tokenism, but let's, you know, let's bring more people into this. So that, that, was, that was cool. And um, and they you know they got a little hammy a little noble savagey about the the Indian characters like you know come on they they were humans too and they did bad things um, they weren't just you know paragons of virtue which sometimes is a, is a another sort of racist notion sort of and I don't know if racist is the right word but it's kind of a, a stereotypical notion that oh they were so in tune with the land and all that kind of stuff well you know not really some yeah but not in some aspects yes and some no they were human like everybody else right anyway so this Chakotay character is Native American and they do explore that idea and there's another character on there just some basic white guy um, and the two of them don't really get along they have a history but the basic white guy comes to the rescue of Chakotay. And the basic white guy says some stuff that in 1995 didn't really register and should have, but it didn't. I mean, privilege. You just don't, didn't really, you know. But now, with time and learning, you thought, ooh, some of those remarks are really insensitive. They're, that's, ooh, that's not really good. I mean, and, and Ben and Adam were making a point that Star Trek as a series, had tried to do a really, you know, tried to do a good job of being, of, of not being 
uh, insensitive toward the races of humans, you know, different skin colors and ethnicities and all that. They tried to be open and, and inclusive and all that, and they tried to do some more, more so as it went along. But in 1995, they thought this seemed really odd that this would, this would happen. So, um, you know, they, they, they did mention that where Star Trek would do the stereotyping of, of, of races would be in the alien creatures, like the Ferengis are a certain way, and the Klingons are a certain way, and that, you know, there's, there's this stuff about them. The Romulans are a certain way, you know. But within the human species, they tried to be, you know, as even-handed and tolerant and open-minded and all that as, as possible. And so this just seems now this seems incredibly tone deaf, the stuff that was said. And I don't, I'm not going to give examples, but it's just, just watch it. Well, while they talked, now the thing is, relating it back to John Roderick and the Bean Dad incident, Ben and Adam hadn't said anything publicly about what had happened. It was just was the show's over. They let the producer tell you the show's over, the Friendly Fire show. That was it. It's over. That, and and that's you know that's where they just let it let it go. And um, and they didn't uh, they didn't make any kind of public statement that we are distancing ourselves. We're disappointed in him, but they didn't say anything like that. And and I remember uh, looking uh, looking around to see if they had made any comment or anything. Uh, and and uh, up in, when I talked about it last time, I hadn't heard them say anything. At least on the, on the podcast that they were still doing, Greatest Generation, didn't say anything. Uh, I saw some Reddit posts where there was a thread that was going on Reddit, which I still don't quite get how Reddit works. But anyway, I saw that there was a thread on there where it started off with a post saying that you know Adam Ben and Adam don't owe us any statement. They don't owe anybody anything. They don't have to say anything. But I guess so. Other people were curious as to well, what are Ben and Adam thinking about this? What are they saying? What 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 what's going on here? Well, so keep in mind that treatment of Chakotay in that first episode of Voyager. And I and 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 then Ben and Adam are talking about how it seemed so tone deaf. It seemed so uh, 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 out of the norm for uh, for Star Trek, especially at that point, especially in 1995. So Ben says, and when talking about it, he says this, and I'm going to quote him. He says that it was so surprising that they uh, that they included. Uh, that in the script, you know, the, the language that this this other character was using toward the Chakotay character. It's so surprising that they that that passed muster in 1995. And then Adam said this. Now, before I say what he said, remember, they had a podcast with this John Roderick fellow. John Roderick went on Twitter, told us what's a seemingly horrible treatment story of a child. They dig in, you know, he said he tried to pass it off. I was just joking about that. That was, that's not really how it happened. It was just, I was just joking. And then they dug into his past and they found other tweets that had the racial slurs, the homophobic slurs, 
the anti-Semitic slurs, and he says, "I was just joking about that too. I was using it ironically. I was being sarcastic. I, di I wasn't. I didn't mean that. I was being joking. I was joking and to try to, to you know, take the power away from such words or to to poke fun at the people that actually believe this stuff. I was joking. Okay, keep that in mind, and listen to what Adam says. It's like sometimes when people say stupid shit like this." they call it a joke. Then more shit comes out that's even worse than the earlier shit. To which Ben replied, right, they're the victim in all this. That was their statement. That was their comment. That was what, that was their addressing what had happened. That was them telling listeners, telling me, that yes, the relationship is severed. He went too far. And just to pass it off as, I was just joking. It was just a joke. They weren't buying it. This is not something you joke about. We're done. We can't associate with it anymore. Now, as far as I know, the other podcast that John Roderick does, called Omnibus, with the Jeopardy Grand Champion Ken Jennings, is still going. But I've unsubscribed to it. Decided, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to let it go and move along. But that's their statement. So listeners to the show that aren't clued into the Bean Dad thing, they may be astute enough to think, are they making a comment about somebody? Are they are they making a comment about somebody specifically? Or is this sort of an in general sort of thing? But those who were listening to Friendly Fire and saw it disappear, those that knew about the, ban the Bean Dad thing and the connection with Ben and Adam, they knew. That statement, I don't know if it was planned by them that they were going to talk about that. I think maybe it was, but it might have come out org organically, but they're talking about the treatment of the Chakotay character and how tone-deaf it was, and it came out. But that's their statement. And when I heard it, I just said, Oh, boy. Okay, I got you guys. I got you. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that spoiler thing I was going to do, I guess we'll have to wait till next week. You'll find out then, if I get to it. Uh, remember to be skeptical on extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wash your hands, keep your distance, wear your mask, get your vaccine when it's available. And remember uh, to always sleep with the lights off. This is uh, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons saying good night. We'll see you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.